everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. I'll never forget it. There we were in a huge warehouse studio filled with photographers from all over the country, most of whom we knew or at least knew of because they were essentially famous within our industry. We were in an invite-only gathering in northern Wisconsin. It was late 2004 or 2005, I think. I remember being constantly anxious. That was pretty much my default state during those years. Life was moving really fast and big things were happening all around me. We gave a 30-minute presentation to our fellow industry creative entrepreneurs and listened while they gave theirs as well. And I can't remember what we talked about or what any of those others talked about either, except for one guy. Kevin Jordan unassumingly stood up in front of everyone. Almost nobody there except our gracious hosts Dave Junion and Sandy Putch knew who he was, and he absolutely killed it. And he just told his story. He just talked about what he did and how he completely transformed his business almost overnight by simply learning from people he looked up to and actually implementing what he learned. It's just one of those moments that you don't forget. That's the day I met Kevin, and we've been friends ever since. These days, and for the past several years actually, it's Kevin that's doing the teaching. Take these words to heart. Kevin's a living testimony to what can happen when you practice what you hear preached. I would like to talk about, A, the, the stigmas and stereotypes that you face and have faced, because I think you have, right? Sure. And kind of the, I think you embody kind of the antithesis of that with the business that you've created and the things that you've implemented and been very successful with, right, in doing because I don't, I don't think a lot of people in this industry would look at you, and I'm, I mean this in all sincerity, would look at you and think to themselves right away, oh, that dude is a baller and, and has these huge sales, right? <laughs> is it, do you, have you experienced that? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think that... Um... That they're surprised when they find out is what I'm trying to say. Sure. And I say that because I've heard I've heard them be surprised. I've seen them be surprised, right? I remember the first time I met you was at a Dave Junior and Sandy Putch barbecue. I think this is the first time I met you or I saw you. Because one of them brought you or invited you, right? That's right. Yep. It was in like two thousand four or two thousand five. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And I remember you got up, you're just this really unassuming, laid back, chilled out dude. And you got up and gave your presentation. We all had to give like a 30-minute presentation or whatever. And you got up there and you were saying things. And there were some ballers in that room. Like I remember Jeff Lubin was in that room, if I remember correctly. And you you start rattling off some numbers just like offhandedly, right? Like you're like, oh, this is what I do and this is how we do it. And, this. and everyone's <laughs> mouth is like on the floor. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. You know, the thing about that was weird for me. I was so nervous. Everybody in that place was uh, yeah. 
man, they were all speakers and people that I've been yeah. to every one of their classes and yeah. studied and learned. And I knew the stuff that I was going to say was everything that they, they already knew this stuff. I was learning it from them, you know? So right. as I was up there talking about it, I was just thinking, well, they already know this, but I'm going to just tell them what I do. And, but um, didn't you experience them as being surprised and haven't you experienced that a lot? Quite a bit. Yeah. And some talked to me after and they were saying that, um, you know, we, we know these things, but it's not often that it's all put together. And and for me, it was just very comfortable because it was what I was used to. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you, it wasn't a big deal to you, obviously, from your perspective. No, I felt like the little guy there. You know, I felt like I was, um, uh, you know, all these, I looked, I didn't know these guys. Right. You know, I've gotten to know them all over the years. Sure, you have now. friends with you many of now. them. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you have this idea when you're sitting in the, the audience and learning that this person's perfect and they've got right. they've got it all together and right and I'll never be like that but I'm surely going to try but you do you know you have to have the idea that if they can do it you know I can do it too right or you won't and get you it. had that yeah and so do, do you think it, it do you think it's weird on one hand that here are all these people that are that you know they go out and they teach right mm-hmm. all these speakers all these teachers all these educators they go out and they teach and then when a person that has actually listened to what they said and implemented all the different things that they espouse and you come up and you say, yeah, I do this and I do that. And it's nothing that it's, it's not like anything new under the sun to them, so to speak, but it's actually implementing all the things that they stand for. They shouldn't be surprised. Should they? No, I don't like, think well, here's so. A, here's a dude that did it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think what happens is uh, when you go to listen to a class, you're listening to a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Usually uh, you're trying to get the best of what they have to offer. And maybe you get that, uh, but you go to several of those and start putting all of those pieces together. And then you create your own thing. And I, I believe that, um, you know, with people, without them knowing you and what you're doing, and we run into it all the time, we'll see people that we don't know that they're having a, successful business or did it, we don't know anything about them until we get to talking to them and then right. we find out, wow, that's, that's pretty incredible what you're doing. Right. But that's what happened. Yeah. But it's actually more of putting the pieces together and creating your own way. Yeah. Why were you able to, cause okay. So all, all these people that go to all these things and, and, and now there's all kinds of different ways to, to learn on, on, on the internet and whatnot. But why were you successful? Because if there's a hundred thousand people that have have access to all this information and have learned all this stuff over the years, why why were you able to pull it off and actually do it? Well, I would say that it was a combination of um, desperation and determination. You know, wow, desperation. Yeah, because. Um, when I started that path of learning from these guys, it was about three years into my career. Yeah. And I had done what I thought was pretty well with it. I was, I had a lot of clients. Uh, my business model wasn't very good. Uh, I did kind of everything wrong, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. which a lot of us do when, we start, yeah, when you're starting out, you know, you just, you do what, whatever you can and you try to get more business, right. even if it's bad, but right. Pro- Anyway, uh, long story short, I was facing bankruptcy three years into it. I mm-hmm. had um, I'd gone about six months without making a, a house payment. Yeah. Uh, they came and got my car. Really? Yeah. 
you know, I, I called him up and said, you know, come get it because I couldn't. Because you couldn't pay for I it. I couldn't pay for so it. So you said, come and take it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, and so I was, I was in that situation, and I had sat across from the bankruptcy attorney, and he he said, here here are your options. You know, you can wipe all this clean and start over. Yeah. Seven years from now, right? You know, you you'll be back on track. Right. Um, or you can figure something else out. And so I knew there were people out there doing really well with it. Um, and if, if it could be done, I'd always heard about these guys that were making big sales, right? but I just didn't understand it. So, um, so I I ordered a stack of these, of credit cards back then you could, you just get online and just, they would show up, man. (laughs) And then I started, I would take those and, um, you know, just run them through the gas stations and drive to all these events and and pay for everything on credit cards is that right yeah so yeah. you were like i'm gonna take a shot yeah is that is that essentially what it was like yeah here you were your back was up against the wall you kind of had one last chance to either make it happen or do the seven-year start over piece and you decided i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot right and i had nothing to lose you know and because you didn't have anything to lose okay so i get the desperation piece right. essentially right yeah and and so I did believe in it. I did have faith in it. I knew it could be done. Right. Um, our area is a very poor area, but... Well, you're not selling the I did believe it piece. Very well. I did believe it, and yet we're in a very poor area. <laughs> Why did you believe it? Um, well, I just knew that we're all using the same tools. You know, it's just a camera. Yeah. And it's photographs. And yeah. there are some people that have learned to, to do it a different way than what I've ever done coming up as a third generation photographer you know right. always seen it well, well that's a big piece that you're a third generation photographer yeah, too. yeah and each one of us had our separate businesses but you take a, a piece from what they did and mm-hmm. you try to to do it whether it was done well or not mm-hmm. but um but yeah i thought that um that i would go around and i really i really did believe that i could do it that it was doable mm-hmm. i I didn't want to go back to um, computer science stuff. That's what I used to That's do. That's what you were doing. Yeah. For. Yeah. And I really wanted to have my own business. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to take a somewhat of a stand, like you say, and go out there. And, and I, I went to everybody that I could. Lubin studied under him. Yeah. Uh, Tim Kelly. I yeah. bet I've been to 10 of his classes. Yeah. Um, Tim Walden. Yep. All, Charles Lewis. Yeah. Um, all the guys that were doing. Um, I was looking for a model. Because I knew I wouldn't have a lot of people, you know. I needed a model with that would handle low volume, low volume, higher sure. sales. Right. And so um, I just went and studied everybody that was doing that. That was doing that. Yeah. Right. Doing that. And so you're, you're so at the time you're using these credit cards to essentially finance your trips and finance, you know, putting everything on these cards. You had to get to a point where it was like, well, now I got to, now I got to pay off these cards, right? Right. So I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, in my mind, it would seem to me like you put yourself under that much more pressure that you you, you said earlier, um, determined. You were determined too, so mm-hmm. you were desperate, but you're also determined. The determined piece to me seemed to be absolutely necessary in order to pay off the cards, really, in, in such, because you don't have a long time, and that interest just grows and grows and grows unless you pay it off. Right. And so how were you able to make that happen 
in a relatively short amount of time, given where you were at? Well, I knew that, okay, so I had two two choices here. Um, all those cars could have gone into bankruptcy had right. I failed. So right. there was just a slight safety net in that. Yes, right. But I also knew, um, you know, I had watched The Secret at the time, and I was getting all fired up. The Secret. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, wasn't, it, wasn't that a big book that Oprah promoted, and it was all about, you know, if you— you kind of call it into existence, so yeah, to speak. Law right. of attraction. Law of attraction, right. Okay. Right. And it basically is positive thinking. And right, I, positive I, thinking. And, yes. you know, that's something I think that I'm geared toward, but I was starting to study it a lot more, and I really believe that, hey, I can do anything. I just need to I need to get that plan in place mm-hmm. and then work the plan. And so I knew that I was going to pay those cards off, and I, I really didn't give myself the option to go bankrupt. I didn't want to do that, and I mainly because I I wanted to keep doing what I was doing, because I love it, and I mm-hmm. wanted to work for myself and spend this time with my family and have all this free time, right, and, right, to do cool things. You know? Flexibility at the yeah. very least, right. right, right. So, did you essentially start learning these systems from these people that were doing what you wanted to do, and then just implement it like right away? I did. I really did. I I would say over. A six-month period, I went to everything that I could go to, uh-huh. took notes, retrained myself, um, repositioned my company, and a lot of it was terminology. You so know? you did like a whole rebrand like over the course of those months? So, I mean, for three years, your business looks a certain way. Right. And then in a short period of time, you go from looking a certain way to rebranding and being now this high-end studio that's that's asking really high prices. Right. Essentially? Right. Yeah. How did you make it work? Well, it was a mindset. Uh, Essentially what I did was I decided that I was going to open a new company under the same roof. Okay. Which we know it's the same company with the same tools. Right. But it was... On the back end. Right. 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 But just like a restaurant, I guess, deciding to go from low end to high end, yeah. there's some things that need to be changed. Yeah. They don't necessarily wipe out the kitchen and put in all new, you know, ovens and everything else. Right. Right. They right. they might bring in a new staff or they might bring in a new chef. But you were essentially, you were essentially a different chef mm-hmm. at that point. After those six months of training and learning from the people that were doing things the way you really needed to do them. You wanted to do them that way, but you also needed to do them that way, given your circumstances and your market, right? Right. You, you were a different person too. So you give the whole front side a, a rebrand, and now you're high end. And it worked? It did work. I, I basically, once the every time that I would learn something new, I wouldn't say, I'm going to try this or I hope this works. I would say, this is how I do it now. Yeah. And so when I I turned off my lights one night and turned them back on the next day as a different company, and that was essentially it. It was a different mindset. It wasn't anything else. I just repositioned um, my company using the terminology and using the new education and the new information that I had. And the very same clients that I was struggling with when they would call in and I would tell them what I'm doing now and how excited I am that yeah. that my company now focuses on uh, creating portrait art galleries for homes. 
And mm-hmm. even that right there, <laughs> you say those words and I'm like, that's going to cost a lot of money. Right. And and they're thinking, wow, good for you. You know, that's yeah. cool. You know, you deserve that. It, yes. The feedback that I got was a lot different than I expected. I thought that I would lose my clients. And, and, you, I, and you didn't? I didn't. It. I lost some right. along the way, as we always do. Sure. But basically, um, I, ne- I had never offered them that service before. Mm-hmm. I had offered them packages and, mm-hmm. and the way that things were always done, but I never offered to decorate their homes. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I never offered to send a designer out. You I, never presented it that way. Yeah, it, it was never an option. Right. And it was a, a new way of doing business and a, a new thought process. So some of them were both capable of kind of staying with you, so to speak, in this in this new brand, this high-end this high-end brand that you were created, they were capable. But the bigger piece I'm picking up, maybe, is that it's you were then giving them something that they really wanted. Whereas before, it's not like you weren't giving them something they didn't want, but this is almost something they were longing for that they maybe didn't even realize. Well, I have people ask me a lot of times um, when I'm working with new studios, and they they say, where do you find all these wealthy clients at? Yeah, you know? right, right. And my answer is kind of a canned answer at this point because I say it so much. But right. best way I can describe it is if you go into Walmart with uh, $300 and you spend it, Walmart's happy with you corporate. Right. there. That's a good Walmart there. Right. But if you, the very same person, walk into a furniture store with 300 bucks, what yeah. are you going to get? Right. Some pillows. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you're not even going to get the furniture. Right. You right. can't even get what they want you to buy. <laughs> right. So what I've done is reposition my company from that Walmart-type brand mm-hmm. of, of the low-budget stuff to the furniture company. Right. And the way I view it is my competition isn't the photographers um, all around me. It's the the wall designers, the interior designers, okay. the furniture companies, because what I do now, right? Um, my intention is to decorate homes and right. focus just on that right. furniture market. Your products are a part of their decor. That's correct, and a very personalized part of at, at that. Right, right. And and it, and I. I love the fact that you did this. I love the fact that it worked so well because I think one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest hurdles that people, people have, and you kind of mentioned this is that they're going to lose clients. If I, Oh, I can't do that because then no one, no one will come to me anymore. Um, But what you're saying is a lot of people that were coming to you were capable of doing this as well, but it's, it, but the mindset changed. And so instead of a Walmart, you're this furniture store, Right. And they're still able to do that. Right. Right. Well, and it really helps for me and the people that I work with uh, to think about furniture, like really focusing on furniture. You really okay? do. Because everybody, everybody has furniture. Nobody likes to buy it because it is expensive. Everybody even has cheap, furniture, though. Even cheap furniture is sure. expensive. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's a given, too. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay that that's not cheap. Now, everybody has furniture, right? So they all have the ability to spend that kind of money. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, of position yourself there. So you you changed your mindset. Mm-hmm. And I get that you presented things a certain way to start to change your clients' mindsets. But what 
what were the things that you really put into practice over time, especially to kind of continue that narrative, so to speak, in your, in your business? Like what sort of things do you do maybe even now to, to really sustain that from a, from a business standpoint, maybe it's wording, maybe it's, it's the brand of course, but it is, it, it's wording is a, a large part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's three main characters in my studio. You know, there's the, the designer and the artist and, uh, the, well, not a character, but furniture, those three right. are the main pieces. They're like the pillars of your business, right. so to speak. And um, it's important to, to keep the narrative going. Like when people ask me what I do, let's just say we're at a pub and someone asks you what you do and you say, I'm a photographer, what's their response going to be? Well, they're, not, they're generally not all that impressed. Right. Or they may say, um, what, what? So, so am I or, or I, I know oh, someone. Oh, right. There's that too <laughs> right. because it's right. right. But if you say I'm a portrait artist, right, just a different word, just yes. a different title. Yes. Um, now you got their attention. Oh, right. what's that? Or right, because right. the term photographer is a fairly generic term. It is. Right the, the magic has been taken away from sure. um, photography. Right. And as far as owning the artist title, you know, art photography is under art in the bookstore. It, yeah. it is an art. Yeah. Uh, the important reason to do that is artists are rare. Yeah. Uh, if you think about commissioning someone to create a portrait for you, yes. you're thinking it's going to cost a lot of money. Right. But if you talk about uh, hiring a photographer. Just to get your pictures t- right. taken, so to speak. But right. it's the exact same thing. It's just a difference in positioning. How much did you, during that time then, given all of this, work on your skills and, um, you know, what what the actual end product was. Were you really essentially selling the same thing one month as opposed to the next month after you turned those lights on and off or off and on as well? Or did you did you did your skill level also rise along with the product that you were offering as well as how you were presenting it? That's a good question. Um, what changed the most was learning how to present it, you know, learning what to say. Right. The, what do you say from the time you, you get them on the phone? Like, right. What is the process? Right. And, and changing the way they view it, but first changing the way that, that I view it. Right. Um, the art didn't change a whole lot right away. Uh, I was already doing a lot of digital work to images. Right. Um, you were already at a level where it was a quality product. Right. But I also, I've seen some of the people that I studied and none of them that I mentioned, because I don't want to say that, but you know, you look at their work and you see that they're, they're making just thousands of dollars and the work isn't, you know, right. what you would consider. Wow. Right. 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 But I also, um, you know, you can be the, you can be, I've seen incredible artists in this industry that are struggling. Yes. Way better. I'll never be that good, but right. they're, they're really struggling. Right. And then I've seen incredible salespeople and their work is, is fine. Fine. Yeah. Right. But yeah. they're killing it, and right. they they have a really nice life off of it. So right. I don't think it's the actual product so much. I think it's recognizing the value of what it is that we do. Right. And and understanding how to position that value. Um, it is a very valuable thing. Like, you know, there's still one of the top answers to if, if your house is burning down, what, what are you, you going to grab? Yeah. And that's pretty, pretty important to realize that they're saying— 
every other possession I've accumulated over my entire life is um, it can burn, but yeah. not what you offer. Yeah, it's expendable, but what you, what you got what you offer me is right, not right. Right. And so I think a lot of it is really, it's all between our ears, you know. Mm. And even now, like I do well with this, but I, there's no limits other mm. than what I believe in. What yeah? What does your business look like today? Because we're talking about something that's what fifteen years, fifteen years past now, essentially. Yeah, I'm uh, those days. I'm going on my nineteenth year of this full time, mm-hmm. and now, um, now what's important to me the most is uh, this idea of life balance, and I'm still mm. working through that. Mm. But I do the same amount of business, but I've gotten a lot more efficient at it, and I've trained my clients that the actual uh, portrait sessions are only about a week a month, uh, okay, if that much. Right. And it's the same amount. I just used to be available all the time. Right. But now I only have these little pockets of time. And right. then I take the rest of the time and go do other things. You know? Yeah. What other things do you do? I do a lot of traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do some coaching, mm-hmm. working with other studios because I love that. But, um, you know, I, I love what I do. But now that I've learned to to use my laptop instead of a, being chained to a desktop, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then also it's a out, necessary tool for you. Yeah, yeah, and and so I can work from anywhere. So why not work from somewhere beautiful? Right, right, and right. Uh, also outsourcing. Right, get a lot. You do a lot more of that now than a lot more yeah. ever before. Right. Yeah. So other people are doing kind of some of the busy work. Or mm-hmm. right. What what. What's next? Like, how, how do you how do you see this evolving further? Next for me is um, painting is my top shelf right now, mm. and you know you you really need to keep raising your top shelf to to make more money for less time. I understand, sure. And so for me, I need to focus in more on the paintings, and I want to become a painting studio that also does portraits versus a portrait studio that offers paintings. Okay. And that will be my next chapter or what I'm trying to go toward is to really um, do that. I've been studying Mary Fitz and, and Jamie. Mm-hmm. Those guys have gone that route more mm-hmm. and some other folks, and and I'm trying to learn that. So that's what I'm, I'm working on yeah, now. Yeah, Greg Daniel does that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's what – that's your top tier. So you – when you have a top tier, I've heard a few different ways of doing this. When you have a top tier, you expect people to purchase that top tier. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And everything else is is kind of an add-on or, or an afterthought in a relative sense to the top tier item, to the big product, right? Right. Usually you have um, you have one that's it's priced up to where you think no one will purchase it. Right. And it'll make everything else look, you know. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. yeah. And then, but when people start purchasing that, you need a, you need to change. You need, you need a, a new top tier. You need a new top tier. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, for me, I I was selling a lot of wall portraits, and I still do a, a ton of wall portraits, and only a few paintings. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm getting more and more paintings, I, I need to make that my normal. You know yeah. what I mean. So yeah. that make that top shelf your normal product right. as you keep raising, keep climbing the ladder. What do you What do you say to the person that's hearing this? That maybe isn't 
quite at the point that you are at, but maybe sees that coming or feels like it could happen, and they're reluctant to hit that light switch mm-hmm. that you that you did. I get it. I really do. It's scary. Um, a lot of times when I'm working with the studio and they're they're trying to figure out how to go this route, sometimes we have to hold on to their what they're doing and put this in place almost as a separate company, like you're mm-hmm. adding a furniture company to your business. Okay. But it really is just a safety net mm-hmm. uh, for their comfort level. Yeah. Because if they if they really embraced it and took off with it, it would just happen faster versus the um, being careful with it. But I understand that too. Well, yeah, and, and again, you you're at a point where the desperation piece was there. And so you didn't really have much of a choice. That's right. And so to some degree, having that choice or having a little bit of wiggle room can work against you, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're, if you're terrified, because it is terrifying, that's going to hold you back and maybe stop you from taking the risks that you need to take to actually make it happen. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, change is hard. Change is hard for everybody, yes. you know. It's, Amen. It is scary. We and, learned about that last night. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, for artists, we're emotionally driven. Yeah. And so it's e- what's scarier to uh, a logical person mm. is a lot more scary to artists, yeah. right? Yes. And we, we don't only worry about losing our clients. We worry that people aren't going to like us anymore. There you go. <laughs> you know. Really? And, yeah. And so, and our clients are not clients. They're friends. Yeah. You know, we're very personal. Right. There's not there's not much of a separation between business and pers- mm-hmm. personal. So um, I get that it's scary. Um, one thing that we try to always do when working together, uh, say another studio, is find the things that they're already doing that they don't even realize. Oh. And and then really having them understand what they're doing because they do this stuff all the time and they know what to do mostly. Right. Right. It's just a matter of really focusing in on it and right. put the attention in the right place, you know. And it's already there. It's already there. That has to be, I, I would think that that would be a, a wonderful experience for, for someone to have you come in and help them realize that here's here's something that you're already doing mm-hmm. that has so much potential. And maybe they need to hone it a little bit or maybe they need to tweak it a little bit or maybe they need, like what you did, and is, is just word it differently, right? Mm-hmm to make it that much more powerful and that much more effective in their clients' eyes, right? Right. right. Yeah, and that is it. it. The bulk of what we do is um, is helping, I help to understand what you already do, you mm. know, and try to get, get you out of the way of that mm. um, and, and get you fired up and excited about it mm-hmm. and understand how to present it in a way. Um, well, in all honesty, it's that much more exciting when you can continue to do some of the same things in some of the same ways, but present it in a way mm-hmm. that then you're that much more fairly compensated for, really, right? right? right. You're essentially helping people realize that how underpriced that they are, and, in, and in, that in, is, in a sense. And that's usually why I'm called in. They're, they are right. at the point in their career where they're ready to move forward. They yeah. usually know what to do, right. or they have ideas of what to do. <laughs> right. Um, their competition is is sneaking up on them, right? And that and they're getting really stressed out and worried uh, that they're going to fall off. A lot of times they're in they're in quite a bit of danger. Yeah, and it's because they look too much like, right? You know, and sometimes it's just a matter of redefining 
what you do and yeah. presenting it the right way to separate you from the competition. But most often than not, it's just building the confidence because once a person has confidence mm-hmm. and they're uh, excited, there's no stopping them. Right. Yeah. Where do people go to find you and your resources? Like if, if I hear this and I want to bring you in, how do I, where do I go to find how to do that? It, I pretty much live on Facebook. <laughs> You're a Facebook guy. Yeah, I'm a Facebook guy. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where most of my clients interact with me. And most anyone that, that's looking for me, they can find me there. So um, just search Kevin Jordan Photography? and or how to, Yeah, Kevin Jordan on Facebook is yeah. a good spot. Um, yeah. Kevin Jordan JPD on Instagram. I'm right. trying to get better at Instagram. I feel like an old guy there. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. <laughs> I get it. Uh, well, hey, thank, thanks for joining me for this. This was really helpful. It was actually fun to also hear more of your story i've known you for a long time um but there's always little bits and pieces that we learn about each other when we when we talk about more you know yeah man i've enjoyed it thank you